Baker Mayfield, undraftable, off my board. The Cleveland Browns select Baker Mayfield. What's up, everybody? Welcome into the OBR Film Breakdown for your Monday quick hitter, and it is going to be a quick hitter. I'm your host, Jake Burns. We are discussing really just Sunday, because if you paid attention over the weekend, had a chat on Friday's episode with John Colosimo on the wide receiver tight end group and who stood out from that group, had a Sunday discussion for you on the most recent pod from Corey Kennan about O-line, D-line, and who stood out from that group specifically at the Combine. And then lastly, we are going to discuss today the defensive back groups and which guys stood out, which guys did not from that section. Okay, If you have not paid attention, there have been uh, you know, quite a few names that you should know. I mean, especially on the defensive line, and we talked about it with Corey where Jordan Davis took off, dominated the Combine, and maybe put himself in consideration for Cleveland. Uh, it's uh, it's the athletic traits help overcome some of the production stuff and the way Georgia played and preferred different personnel, different portions of the game. And if you've paid any attention, you know, most of these guys from Georgia are blowing up the combine in general, even their punter running a four five, six as many punters surprisingly good combine numbers. But yeah, Trevon Walker, another one, uh, you know, Devonte White, a little older, but obviously he performed really well. And to recap, losers are in terms of guys who just did not perform up to maybe the level of athleticism that you wanted, which is Kingsley and Agbury. And Agbury. Um, DeMarvin Leal, I was pretty disappointed in. Thought he could have performed better to help overcome some of the trait deficiencies um, that, that have shown up. But the, the, the tight hips, lack of explosion stuff caused him to fall behind some of the other big names in that department. And we discussed that a little more in depth with Corey, so check check that out. Over at the OBR, we have had a plenty of things on Combine so far. Corey Kennan wrote up a little bit of his draft theory. We had coverage of the defensive line from Brad Stainbrook and Fred Greetham. And then we also had our plenty of usual over-the-weekend concepts, which is our four mocks on Saturday, which I participated in. We did a roundtable on the Browns, Decision looming with franchising David Njoku or Jadevian Clowney, and then the restricted free agency decision with Dearness Johnson, which Brad Stainbrook wrote up for us about the meeting that was held between the Browns and the representatives of Dearness at the Combine. Also wrote up a Buckeye who would, uh, who would love and welcome coming back to Cleveland to start his NFL career if he's a late-round pick. And then Stephen Thomas obviously posted the things I've thought about the Browns that he always does on Sunday. So a lot of content for your Sunday. Monday has even more coming with Fred Greetham and DBs. Corey Kennan's looking at the offense uh, players uh, along the offensive side that really took off and helped launch their stock at the Combine. And again, with the Combine, this is not the overall you know, the the film is the, the film and the production are the big things, right? What you're looking for with the athletic testing at pro days and combine results is, are they confirming what you've seen on film? It's not going to sway me gigantic one way or the other, but there are thresholds that are typically looked at and aimed to be met. And you do start to get some of the outlier data, Tyler Linderbaum's arm length, right? 
you start to look at some of the the things that are just unique, right? If a player were to overcome them, they would be unique. Not to say they can't do it, but again, unique. Uh, Kenny Pickett's hand size as a quarterback under eight and a half. There there are several examples from this from this group that uh, if a guy does overcome them, they could. But they're just uh, it'd be a little more surprising than perhaps. Uh, you want to admit, right? I think another example of that was last year with the weight in the top 10 pick of uh, Devontae Smith, the former Heisman winner out of Alabama. So there's some of that stuff that goes on here. You just, you're trying to analyze fit thresholds, all the above. So we have tried to cover that for you here at the OBR, plenty of content on it, including recent podcasts. Make sure you check that out. Uh, it's a great resource that we try to provide for you. And many exciting things coming, including Maybe an OBR draft board, maybe an OBR draft guide for wide receivers. Is that such an important position this year? And maybe some consideration about the quarterbacks and uh, whether a, a couple of these guys are worth it at pick 13 or pick 44. So keep your eye on that. Also at the OBR, I want to remind you, if you are a person considering a subscription, if you already subscribe to Paramount Plus, okay, we do it for $9.99, right? Already do it. My son loves Paw Patrol. They have so many other things on there. You can get Paramount Plus with your OBR subscription for the same price. So you get that Paramount Plus with no ads already. Then you get the OBR unlocked for you from every angle. And you get the uh, the ability to view the whole 247 Sports Network's college stuff. So if you ever have an interest in that, recruiting, whatever, that is also unlocked for you across the platform. So take advantage of that, all right? Should do it. Take advantage. We'll be right back, and then we'll cover some of the guys who stood out the last day of the Combine. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Okay, so back now talking about guys who stood out for me. Nick Cross, a guy who our, our good friend of the show, Jeff Lloyd, has talked about a lot as a guy who's from his region of the country. He's up at Maryland. He had a 4-3-4-40 today, which is first among the safeties, an explosive 37-inch vertical, a 10-10 broad. And they did again, he did that at six foot one, two twelve. So that helps match up the guy who comes downhill and plays really, really hard. 
I thought his his, his showing was impressive. Uh, otherwise, Sauce Gardner, listen, listen, this kid from Cincinnati, and Cincinnati did a great job with all their guys at the Combine, right? MyJ Sanders, Desmond Ritter, a lot of their guys did really well, very well prepared for it. I was just amazed how long Gardner's frame is, and he ran a 4-4-1 official 40. He's 6-3 with a 79 and 3-8-inch wingspan, which puts him in among the elite uh, of the position in terms of size that go... Uh, that goes above and beyond the 190, you know, the 190 frames a little light, but I mean, geez, man, this guy has all the traits, the speed, the quick hips, very fluid. He's going to get selected quite high. Zion McCollum, a guy who you've seen me draft in several of these live drafts we do, and when I stepped in for Steve on the mock draft, the FBS product out of Sam Houston State, he runs a 4-3-3 at 6'2", 199, a 39.5-inch vertical. Listen, pretty good stuff from McCollum. He's the only player of the combine group to run the short shuttle, at a 3.94 and 3 cone and excelled at both where he ran that in 6.48. So Kobe Durant, another guy we heard on the OBR Twitch uh, when we were talking about HBCU players, runs a 4.3840 and Marquise Bell from Florida A&M with a 4.41. So all, you know, those are the other two FBS defenders that stood out and looked really, really fluid in workouts too. So there's some talent to be had there. I expect them to go in this draft. It's just a matter of fitting age thresholds thresholds and all the above. Cam Taylor-Britt running a 4.3840 to buck 96. He should be a guy who's selected in the top 100, moves really well, had a nice senior bowl. Uh, on the other side of things, losers, I think it's tough. I hate labeling losers. Kobe Durant ran a 4-5-4, the other corner from, from, from Cincinnati, a little older, thought he would run a little faster. Uh, he, he would be on the, slow, the, the side of the slower corners, which doesn't help him in terms of being picked higher in this draft. Kirby Joseph, a name you've heard us talk a lot about. He was impressive in the jumps, 38 and a half. And broad jumps ten foot three, but he chose not to run the forty. So we'll just have to kind of see what he looks like on the speed element because I just didn't really also like his his uh, drills, his drill work. I just didn't think he looked very fluid in that regard. And then another guy we've taken late in drafts, Jermaine Waller. He weighed in a Virginia Tech corner, weighed in at just a buck eighty. Lighter defensive backs in the groups, and he he ran a four seven two and four six eight. His four six eight was his better time. Um, could maybe still be a a zone corner, but uh, those are safety numbers, and I just don't know the size makes him a makes him a safety. So it's it's difficult for me to see him, you know, um, kind of standing out in that regard. So uh, it, it, I guess it is a corner, not even standing out, but being drafted and being rosterable as a corner. I would need to see more out of him from a speed perspective. So if you're drafting him as a zone corner late, that's that's just a lot of challenge, especially considering all the things he's throwing. So that's a name we've thrown around late at the OBR. A little bit more difficult now, and then Lewis Seen out of out of Georgia, not a bad day. I wanted to talk about him as a as a good day. He had a really nice performance at the combine. Uh, I think if you look at uh, Lewis's uh, again, most of these guys from 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 Georgia were were pretty ridiculous in terms of the numbers that they put out. But his RAS score was really strong as it came in at a nine seven six. I I don't know if he ran some of the agilities, but his four four forty with the Long arms. I think he had a thirty-two and two, thirty-two and a quarter arms. Six-two, one ninety-nine. A true free safety in this draft, kind of in the mold of Kyle Hamilton. As Kyle Hamilton was really explosive, Kyle Hamilton ended up running like a four-five-nine. I just didn't think he ran the forty well. Didn't get that part down, but that does not indicate how fast that player plays. Hamilton should still be easily a top ten pick, one of the best players in this draft. I'm not going to let his forty time change that. I expect he might run a better forty time at Notre Dame's Pro Day. Just a phenomenal football player, but. Seen as another guy who, if you were looking to fill that role, his testing numbers were so strong, 36 and a half, 1101 on the broad, which is crazy. And then a 4440, which 
speaks to his ability to have range and get downhill. And man, he is a physical, physical football player. And, uh, you know, when you go back and watch his tape, there's a hit he had on Kyle Pitts that was one of the more jarring hits in college football that year. Pitts last year, obviously, was involved in, in college football. So he's a physical dude, really would be a fun player in the Browns defensive system. But they're probably not looking at safety at that spot. But that's about it for guys that I thought stood out or guys that I thought got hurt a little bit in the combine. We will continue to have so much draft coverage, and we're really now getting all of the data we need. Pro days will trickle in like all throughout March into early April. Drake London's going to run his stuff in early April to give his ankle as much time to be as healthy as possible. I think that's like the latest, the first and second week of April, because you're really getting into crunch time with the draft and gathering all the information. So really through March, like I know Ohio State's pro day is March 23rd. So we'll be paying attention to if numbers shift or change or whatever, keeping track of those RAS numbers, which are relative athletic score. And you don't know what uh, those are. We talk about them all the time, okay? RAS scores are a really good standpoint for comparison, pl- comparing players to other players at their position that have been drafted over a long period of time. I'm not totally certain what the number t- uh, in terms of framework for uh, the start point for this, but Kentley Platt does a great job with this on Twitter. You'll hear people reference them all the time, but what it does is it's, it's RAS stands for relative athletic score, size and athleticism kind of relating to the peers of the guy in the draft. So it's going to look at the prospects combine and pro day data, all right, over a long period of time, not sure, again, which that launch point is, but it's a substantial amount of time. Grades them against athletes in their position group, okay? So the higher you score, the more your athleticism intends an elite score from an athletic standpoint, test size, explosion. Those explosion tests are vertical, broad speed. You're obviously getting the 40 and then breaking down the 40 into the flying 20 and the 10-yard split, and then the agility, obviously, is the shuttle and three-cone. Usually right after the combine, you get a U next to it. That means it's unofficial. You'll get the official scores trickling in. We're getting more and more of those now. But some guys have to complete their stuff. Like George Karlaftis, the defensive end, has to run the 40 still. I talked earlier there about Kirby Joseph still has to run the 40 his pro day. And then I think the Ohio State wide receivers didn't fully work with the uh, uh, the, the agility drill stuff. So they are going to do their three-cone shuttle at their pro day. So like an example, Calvin Johnson was a 10.0 RAS score. Obviously gets great marks for his agility, speed, and size, where Jarvis Landry was like a .0.23. So it doesn't tell you whether a player will make it or not, but what it is doing is giving you an idea of how athletic a player is compared to his peers. So obviously they vary. It's not film-based. I go by the general principle of here's how athletic this player is based on comparing him to years of other combines. A player's combine data at that position. So that's what they're comparing it. Not to everybody, but if you're looking at wide receivers, comparing them to wide receivers. Edge, edge. And you can get uh, fun with this. You can kind of mess with it. You could look at a guy compared to a defensive lineman, maybe then an edge, and then you could say, well, if he's a linebacker, how does he compare to linebacker? If a guy tests as a corner, what if you think he's going to be a safety? How does he test as a safety? So it's a fun exercise. It's one of the more fun things to see on social media during draft coverage because you really start to get an answer on how athletic some guys are. And... Again, it's a huge part of how we evaluate people we think the Cleveland Browns will be involved in. You get the date of birth data for the age guardrails, and then you need the RAS scores, right? You need to know how good, how athletic these players are. Now, that is not limited to what the scope of what the Browns are looking at. They're looking at so many different things, on-field data, GPS data, and, and many things we don't even know, things that aren't public. So it's just a piece of the puzzle, and it's just one of the more important pieces of the puzzle for people on social media and like internet scouting circles, because that's all we get. We don't have the data science things behind the scenes. I cannot even imagine the things that the Browns are pulling pieces of data that we don't even know about. So maybe someday they'll open up more on that, but Andrew Barry kind of keeps it all tight to the vest there. So 
that's it. That's the general crux of what we do with looking at players, how we bracket them off and, and try to figure out who the Browns might pick, looking at prior drafts, all of that. So hopefully you got a lot out of that. That explains Rascors. If you're not familiar what they are, you want to know more, hit me up at the OBR or on Twitter. More than willing to help you out with that and look at why we view them as pretty important for how the Browns end up drafting. That's it for your Monday show. Appreciate you guys listening in. Again, I'll have some fun stuff coming up on the Browns defensive backs this week, looking back at who's on the roster, what's gone well, what hasn't gone well, what they could be looking at this year, and how they could uh, end up drafting or signing free agents. So keep your eye on that. It should be a fun week of coverage, and hopefully the Pro Day stuff starts trickling in so we can figure out the best total picture of who these guys are as players. So exciting stuff coming into late March, early April, and then the draft about forecasting your Cleveland Browns tags. Uh, again, another reminder with that roundtable about uh, franchise tags, we have all of it broken down for you, the exclusive, non-exclusive, trend, uh, trans transition tag, all of that stuff broken down for you. And then the restricted free agent tenders are also broken down in that article for you if you would like to understand those a little bit more. Huge day coming up uh, over the next few days because the deadline's going to hit. And then March 16th, free agency. We're going to hit the ground running here at the OBR. Should be a fun, fun week. Thanks for listening in on Monday. Stay safe, be well, and go Browns. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.